episode number 198 of the Getting Unstuck and Living Deliberately podcast. Hi, this is Shira Gura. Welcome to my podcast. If you're new to me, just so that you know who you're listening to, I am the author of the books, Getting Unstuck, Five Simple Steps to Emotional Well-Being, and The Clear Way, Five Simple Steps to Be Mentally Prepared for Anything. These books are based on two self-help tools I created that support you in getting unstuck and getting clear so you can live deliberately. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today. And now for today's episode. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you so much for joining me today. So I am recording this podcast on Tuesday, which is the day of the week I always release episodes, and I've been doing so since 2017. But typically, I actually prepare for and record my podcasts on Sundays or Mondays, which I did this week. But I woke up this morning thinking about what I prepared for you And I realized I didn't hit the nail on the head and that the message I was trying to get across really didn't feel compelling enough. And so I decided to do a redo. So despite the fact that preparing for each episode takes me about four hours, and despite the fact that releasing this episode is going to be a few hours later in the day than I usually do, I wanted to honor the integrity of this podcast, and I wanted to honor you, my dear listeners, and not just produce fluff for you, but to really deliver high, powerful content. And so I decided I'm going to try again, and here I am. So before I go into today's episode on self-sabotage, I actually would like to make a request. If you like what you hear in this podcast, If my podcast inspires you, if my podcast is changing your life in any way, my request is is that you share it with a friend or take a screenshot on your phone and post it on social media and tag me or leave me a review on iTunes. Any of those ways would be so deeply appreciated because I truly have found that the best way to spread any message is word of mouth. And specifically, if you take the time to leave an iTunes review for me, which I know is not easy, and I know it's not so intuitive, which is why I left step-by-step instructions on my website how to do that, you can just go to my website, shiragura.com forward slash iTunes. If you do that, I just want to thank you in advance because your review is extremely valuable for the lifeline of this podcast. The more reviews it receives on iTunes, the more iTunes will showcase this podcast, and then the more people will learn about it. So whatever action you may take today, I just want to thank you for your efforts. Okay, so now on to self-sabotage. Self-sabotage is so important to talk about and understand if you are looking to create a change in your life. And it's actually so important that I made it the very first lesson my clients learn about after they do a deep dive into learning my tools. And the reason why this is the first lesson I offer is because self-sabotage is so prevalent and it's something that nearly everybody does. And it's so powerful that it holds people back from achieving their dreams and their goals. 
that I really just want to prepare my clients from the get-go so they don't fall into the same traps that they may be used to doing or that they see other people doing. And so today I'm going to share with you the three things you need to do in order to prevent yourself from self-sabotage. Okay, so first let's define what self-sabotage is. According to a quick Google search, self-sabotage refers to behaviors or thought patterns that hold you back and prevent you from what you want to do. Now, if I were on the Google definition team, I would slightly alter that definition and I would add the word feelings. So it would be self-sabotage refers to behaviors, thought patterns, and feelings that hold you back and prevent you from what you want to do. Okay, so when you work with me, whether it's one-on-one or in the group journey, you tell me what change you are looking to create in your life. You tell me what's not working for you right now and where you want to see yourself one year from now. I've worked with a wide spectrum of people by this point, including people who are working on goals that really run the gamut from improving their physical health and well-being to stopping to overdrink, to stopping to mindlessly overeat, to becoming more organized and less cluttered, to improving relationships, to becoming more confident, to having more self-esteem when starting a business, and more. It's actually quite interesting because for the most part, Coaches tend to work with specific niches, right? Like there's a diet coach or a health coach or a relationship coach or a couples coach. Coaches tend to specialize in one area. In fact, the people that I train to become coaches, this is one of the first lessons we do together. That is, they define their niche because people tend to like to work with people who are specialists rather than generalists. And yet, I seem to attract and get results for a wide variety of people. And the reason that I think people come to me is not necessarily for whom I serve, but rather for how I serve. That is, I serve using my powerful and effective tools that get people results. So anyway, when you work with me from the very beginning, we set a goal or a path for you. Now, Sometimes people come with lots of things that they would like to change or improve upon. But I am very strong in my belief that it's worthwhile to choose one thing at a time. Because when you try to change too many things at once, what happens is, well, self-sabotage, which basically means that you make excuses for yourself why you aren't working on or following through with whatever it is that you want to be. And when you focus on just one thing, you are committing to sticking to that one thing and you are held accountable by me or by the group to show up and share where and how you have shown up during the past week regarding that one thing. So setting a powerful goal for yourself is super important. And I speak about this in episode 183. If you don't have a big goal right now that you're working on in your life, this episode may make no sense to you. Because if you are not setting a goal for yourself, then you probably aren't facing difficult emotions to deal with. And so having a goal at any given time in your life, in my opinion, is incredibly important if you are looking to evolve yourself forward 
and become the next best version of yourself. It's the goal that really gives you that push to do so. And so what happens after you set a goal? Well, let's take a look at the mind for a moment. You set your goal using your upper brain. And I talk about that in episode 147. And maybe for the first few hours or the first few days, everything is going according to plan. And you're on a great path towards that goal. But then suddenly something happens. You suddenly experience a feeling or some feelings which are being created by the lower brain. That's episode 146. And this is when the self-sabotage comes in. Let's take a look at what these feelings may be. In my personal life and in the work I do with my clients, I have noticed seven major kinds of feelings and I call them dream catchers. And I'm going to go through them briefly here with you now. Number one, anger. For those of you following this podcast, this month we are actually focusing on being loving. So let's use that as an example, okay? Let's say you're focusing on being loving towards your spouse. It's a great goal, right? Well, then let's say that your spouse does something that pisses you off and you get angry and you suddenly think to yourself, why am I trying to be loving towards him or her, right? Maybe you think your spouse doesn't deserve your love, or maybe you think being loving is a waste of your time. Can you see how that feeling self-sabotaged that situation? Number two is fear. Fear is a biggie. I also include worry and doubt in this category. Think about the last time you set a goal for yourself. My guess is that fear, worry, or doubt, or all three of them, came up at some point or another regarding whether or not, you could accomplish that goal. Am I right? Number three, aversion. Aversion typically looks like rejection or self-rejection or resentment or self-resentment. So let's say you're trying to lose weight, but every time you look in the mirror, you have feelings of self-disgust, right? That's where you might be self-sabotaging yourself. Number four is gloom. This can look like boredom or laziness, for example. Like if your goal is to walk 30 minutes a day, but the feeling of gloom or laziness or boredom just overtakes you. Number five is pride. Pride could look like being judgmental or believing you are better than someone or something. So let's say you're working on becoming more organized and your coach gives you an assignment to track how you're using your time for one week and you feel like you are just above doing that activity, that's how you might self-sabotage yourself by being full of pride. Number six is desire. Desire looks like wanting something, whether that something is physical, like I want a piece of cake or I want a different spouse or something non-physical, like I want an apology or I want someone to be behaving differently. Desire is a huge, huge, huge dream catcher that so many people overlook in their day-to-day life because they are experiencing it in such a regular and consistent pattern, and it's just become a habit for them. And finally, number seven is anticipation. And this expresses itself like an obsessive enthusiasm or excitement about a future moment. And getting stuck in this feeling, what happens is it takes you away from the present moment and from your ability to interact with yourself and other people 
in a mindful kind of way. So these are the seven major categories of what I call dream catchers. And you could read more about them in my book called Getting Unstuck, Five Simple Steps to Emotional Well-Being. I even have a full chart of these emotions in that book. Okay, so what happens? Well, your upper brain makes this wonderful and meaningful plan, right? And then your lower brain produces feelings that begin to take over your entire brain. I was actually thinking about this the other day, and I had this image of an umbrella sitting in the back of your lower brain. And when these difficult emotions arise, it's like that umbrella opens up and becomes this huge umbrella, right, that just literally takes over the entire brain. And all of the sudden, you are totally encompassed by these emotions. And these emotions hijack you. And instead of moving forward with your well thought out plan and goal, the mind gets stuck in one or many of these feelings. And then you get frozen and you literally feel like you can't move forward. And you feel like there's no other way of looking at your situation. And you believe there's no other way of thinking about your situation. Actually, let's take a step back. Because the truth of the matter is, when this happens, you're not even aware of it at first. Let's be honest, right? When you suddenly feel afraid to get on a sales call, or you have a desire to flirt with someone that you know you shouldn't be flirting with, or when you feel lazy and you don't want to do your exercise routine, you're not really 100% aware that you're feeling that in that moment. And so what happens is you typically react to the feeling unconsciously. And so awareness is a key component to self-development and self-empowerment, because if you are unaware of what you are feeling, you will never be able to make a change. And this is why I am a big, big, big proponent of daily journaling, both in the morning and a bit in the evening as it's this journaling that can help you become more self-aware. Because when it comes down to it, the journey that people go on with me is more about self-discovery than anything else. And it's this self-discovery that empowers them to stay on their path and reach their goals. So self-awareness is really the first step towards not getting into a habit of self-sabotage. The second thing you need to learn how to do, and this may sound trite, it may sound overly simplistic or even childlike, but what I'm going to tell you is really key, and that is to embrace whatever feeling you are feeling. Look, we are not meant to be experiencing positive emotions all of the time. We simply aren't. That's just not how humans were designed. I do believe we are meant to actually feel the full spectrum of our emotions. The problem is, half of the time, that's going to mean that you're going to experience difficult emotions. And here's where the problem comes in. The lower brain doesn't like to experience difficult emotions. Why? Well, the role of the lower brain is to avoid feeling pain, and it just wants to feel pleasure. And so this is where the self-sabotage comes into play. So instead of feeling your difficult emotions completely through, your lower brain takes over and does other things so that it doesn't have to feel those emotions. 
And I won't get into this now because I already dedicated two podcast episodes to this, number 153 on numbing your emotions and 177 on childlike reactions. So you definitely, definitely want to tune into those. I'm going to put all of these episodes in the show notes, so it's just an easy click away to go back to them. But very quickly, I just want to mention that what happens when you tend to feel difficult emotions is that you tend to resist feeling them. So maybe that looks like procrastinating because of fear of failure, or that you just want to quit because you're not feeling like you're getting anywhere, or at least you're not getting somewhere as quickly as you'd like. Or it could look like you just immediately react to the feeling, like screaming at someone who's yelling at you. Or it can look like you blame someone. Maybe you blame the person next to you who was eating really quickly when you are trying to eat mindfully. Or it could look like you numb yourself. So maybe you turn to food or alcohol or smoking or social media or shopping or drugs or or whatever your addiction of choice is so that you don't have to feel that difficult emotion. This is where the self-sabotage comes in. You end up making excuses for not having to deal with those difficult emotions. The lower brain takes over, you end up listening to what it says, and you just fall off track. And this happens to all of us. And the insidious aspect of this, which we don't even realize because we do this over and over and over again, is, well, like anything you do over and over and over again, it becomes a habit. And you don't even realize it. So every time you feel afraid, for example, you might procrastinate. Or every time you feel stressed, for example, you might run to the kitchen. Or every time you feel angry, for example, you might scream like an uncontrollable animal. Whatever it looks like for you in your life. If you are human, and I know you are human if you're listening to this podcast, you do this just like I do. But just like any habit, this is something you can change if you want to. And the way to change it is to embrace the feeling rather than whatever it is you typically do. Like I said, it sounds super simplistic and maybe even overly simplistic, but this is the truth. This is the T-step in the unstuck method, where you give yourself permission to feel your feelings through. Now, I'm not saying swim in your emotions. You can certainly set the timer for like five minutes or something, but the idea is to allow yourself to feel whatever you are feeling rather than pushing it away, rather than reacting to it. And the third step to avoiding self-sabotage is to notice where those feelings are coming from. Remember, every feeling you have comes from a thought. So if you are feeling afraid, you must get to the root of that feeling to understand where it's coming from. This takes work because most of the thoughts that we think we aren't even aware that we are thinking them. It is so unbelievably cool that that happens, but it's true. Most of the thoughts that we're thinking, we're not even aware of them. So you need to uncover them, which is the third step in the unstuck method. Common self-sabotage thoughts include, I'm not good enough. I don't deserve it. I'm not experienced enough. I'm not worthy enough. I'm not ready. If I do it just this one time, it won't matter. Or missing it this one time isn't a big deal. 
they can do it, but I can't, right? These are just some examples. Your work is to come up with the thoughts that you tend to think. Now, just because you have a thought doesn't mean it's true. It just means it came to your mind. You get to choose whether you believe it or not. You get to choose whether that thought is serving you or whether it's not serving you. You get to choose whether or not that thought is improving your quality of life or not. You always have that choice. And so when you are in the midst of life, it's really a great habit to get into to just ask yourself, why am I doing this right now? (laughs) Right? It's such a simple question, but it's a really powerful question. Why am I doing what I'm doing right now in this moment? Am I living reactively or am I living deliberately? Am I living from a place of lower brain reactiveness or am I living from a place of the upper brain deliberateness? And of course, the goal is to live from that place of deliberateness as often as possible. Now, there is no expectation for you to be perfect. I am not perfect. Nobody's perfect. But there is an expectation that you will do this self-discovery work and be honest with yourself and learn from every action that you take. And so if you mess up, and you will, you can take out your journal or work with a coach and get unstuck so that you can then get clear and get back on the path of your goal and live deliberately. I love this image of the spiral where it starts with getting stuck and then you get yourself unstuck, you get clear, and then you live deliberately. And every time you go around that spiral, every time you make another revolution, you evolve yourself forward. But again, this only happens when you set a goal that's big enough and that's going to bring up these difficult emotions. If you don't experience difficult emotions, you're not going to get stuck. And then this episode, again, is not going to make any sense to you. This really only works when you challenge yourself. And all of this is quite possible to do, my friends. I do this on a regular basis, and so do my clients. This work of getting unstuck and living deliberately is totally in your control. You always have a choice as to what you choose to think and what you choose to feel. Yes, it may not be easy, but it is simple and it's absolutely doable. And then when you do get yourself unstuck and back on the path, the final step is to keep moving yourself forward by practicing to say the thoughts that you actually want to have in your brain and the thoughts that are going to support you moving towards your goal. Perhaps I'll dedicate an episode to that next month because what ends up happening is the more wins you have, you know, the more you actually get over the hump of those difficult emotions, which you can, the more confidence you're gonna have in yourself that you can do this again and again and again And then you're going to create that into the the new habit that you want in terms of becoming self-aware and not getting stuck in difficult emotions. You can always get unstuck. You can always manage your mind. And I do believe it is possible that you can live a life without self-sabotage. Whew. All right. Well, I'm so glad I redid this episode because now I really feel like I hit the nail on the head. 
I have to admit, I almost did get stuck in self-loathing for not having had this episode ready to go on time, but I did not play the self-sabotage game. I got myself unstuck immediately, and well, here we are, and I'm so glad I did. So to wrap up this episode, I invite you to think about what goal you're working on now, or if you are practicing to being loving this month, see if you can bring to mind one feeling that you may be getting stuck in, a feeling that is self-sabotaging you. I cannot express more how important this simple practice is. Do yourself a favor and identify that emotion. And the next time you notice it, see if you can really allow yourself to feel it without self-sabotaging. You totally can do this. I believe in you. And if you would like support with it, head over to my website and set up a time for us to chat so that we can talk about what working together would look like. Okay, my dear friends, thank you so much for choosing to be with me today. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And as always, I look forward to getting unstuck and living deliberately with you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Getting Unstuck and Living Deliberately podcast. If you liked what you heard today, it would be incredibly awesome if you could leave a review for me on iTunes. If you're not sure how to do that, head over to my website, shiragora.com forward slash iTunes to learn the step-by-step process to do just that. I thank you for sharing your feedback with me, and I look forward to being here again with you next week.